I'm so excited about this message tonight because um, I think it's going to help many of us understand some of what has been happening to us as it pertains to faith and why we're not bringing things in faster that we're believing for. How many of y'all know God is our source? Everybody say it one time. Say it again. Say it one more time. Yeah. So don't start leaning on people. You know, sometimes people, they'll hear you bless or something, and they want to come with this. And, you know, they want, they want you to help them. Somebody say amen. And I've had great practice because I have two daughters. Somebody say amen. And we didn't always help them because they cried or whatever they did. But we taught them how to believe God, how to sow for it, yes? How to thank God for it before it got there. How to believe God for it. Amen? Amen. And so don't ever make a person your source. Uh, people can give a lot of stuff. We've had high donors. People give a lot of money and stuff. And we thank God for those people. Those are great people, great partners and all of that. But y'all, how many of y'all know God is our source? Amen. Because we, we got here believing God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many of us in here, go ahead and start the clock. Many of us in here blame people secretly for where we are and where we're not. If you know that some people in here probably do that, you ought to just nod your head. It's not you, but it's maybe somebody you know. But God has created a system by which you don't have to blame anybody. He's created a system by which no matter where you start off, where you are, you can come up out the dung heap. Y'all know what dung is? How many of y'all know what dung is? Do dung smell good? No. You don't want dung on your shoe. But the Bible says, <laughs> Jenny, look that scripture up. The Bible says he'll pull you up out the dung heap. He wants you to come up. I hear uh, young people talking, Nikki, about the come up. You ever heard that? Do they still say that? Is that old? Wait, let me ask the James. The James is done. The James, is that old or is that people still saying the come up? That's, they still saying the come up. Yeah. But God wants you to have the come up. Everybody say, God wants me to come up. He does. So God wants you to come up, Curtis. Why are most of us up where we need to be? Y'all remember that song? It really is an old hymn of the church, Gina. That's how BB and CC got famous. Lord, lift. Who knows the rest of the word? Us up where we belong. Like many of us are too, we living too low. We're living so far beneath our privilege. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Thank God for the storefront church. Amen? Amen. But that ain't where we belong. Thank God for the clubhouse. But that wasn't where we, we belong. Somebody say amen. amen. So, why, Sister Natalie, can't we come up? If God wants us to come up, and he's planned this system, and it's not based on a person. Now, I really need you. I really need you. I really need y'all. Everybody look at me. I really need y'all. Stop blaming people. Okay. Let me just read the room. How many of y'all have ever blamed somebody for where you were? Come on. Okay, some of y'all still doing it. Everybody say, stop blaming people. Because God has given you an entire system to get out of whatever mess you're in. Where's the scripture? The dunghill? The dung heap? What does it say? And what's, what's, the, what's the scripture? Let's go to 1 Samuel 2 and 8. 1 Samuel 2 and 8. See, see y'all, we, we, we've been taught, we don't know who God is. That God wants us poor, he puts poverty on us. That God wants us sick, that he puts sickness on He put cancer on me to teach me something. He put, no, 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 he doesn't do that. No, no, let me tell you what God is. He, this, he, the, the pronouns, you know, everybody talking about pronouns. The pronouns he, it refers to the antecedent who? Who's the antecedent of he? Some of y'all got a high school diploma. Who's the antecedent to he? God. That's what he's talking about. He raises up the poor out of the dust. If you with God and you've been with God for years, y'all, you must ain't been doing that right if you're still broken poor. Because it's his desire. Do y'all see this? How many more scriptures can I show y'all that God wants you to have something? The Bible says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that what? That you might have. That, 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 let me start right there. God wants you to have some stuff. Do y'all notice that he said he didn't say, I came that you might go to heaven? He didn't say that. Now he wants us to go to heaven. But he said, I came. Everybody, everybody focus. I came that you might have life, that you might live in this life. And that's how so many people get. Christians out of our religion. I remember in the 90s, they said 150 uh, black men was leaving Christianity every day to go to Louis Farrakhan because one of his talking points is Christianity got you talking about pie in the sky, but, but here in Islam, the, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that we can have pie on the earth. But that's what Jesus said. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more so the will of God is to lift the poor out of the dust. He lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes. People that was poor. People that grew up in the hood. People that had rats and roaches everywhere. He said, I will give them a system by which they could go from nothing to something. Somebody say amen. amen. To set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. Now y'all, if you never read that scripture, write that down, meditate on it tomorrow. 
so you don't be depressed tomorrow, okay? Because that's a good scripture for you. Yeah, God wants you to come up. But the problem is nobody has taught practicality to how to do it. So what I'm teaching now, you know, all that we've been teaching, I don't know, the last two or three months, if you can say it, you can do it. See it? All that's faith. That's all I'm teaching right now is faith. It's how to get something from God. How to manifest something that you don't have. Can you write that down? How to manifest something I don't have. And the whole world is talking about manifesting every day, every day. They're talking like the Bible. And the church sitting here licking our wounds can't figure it out. All right? So how are you going to get something? How are you going to get somewhere? Now, some of y'all have manifested a lot of stuff this year. Y'all, when I was, I, we, we were having family prayer last night, and baby, we, I just couldn't stop thinking of one. Listen, thing after thing, all the things that have happened this year. Some things you know, some things you don't know. But our family knows. Thing after thing after thing. Some of y'all haven't manifested anything. And the very thing that you're saying you manifested, it was just a regular thing. Because if it's God, that blessing going to be continually blessing you. You know when it's the blessing. You know when it's a faith product. Somebody say amen. And some of you are behind schedule. But all I'm saying is, if you will listen. Here's the other thing. I find that we have members here that have sat under this. And like they just they still don't do it. And then when you talk to them, you counsel them about their problem. You say, well, have you been, did you write your 20 things down? You say them every day? No. Well, why not? Uh, and then they want to know why they're not coming out. But everybody that you hear testifying up here, they didn't wrote their 20 things. Curtis, did you write the 20 things down? Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you see, you actually have to do what? Oh, Lord, let me go to another scripture. Y'all, stop the clock. It's going too fast. Okay. Let's go to James chapter 1. This is just a pre-roll. It's the pre-pre. This, they just brought the hush puppies out. This is, not even, this is not even the thing. But I want you to see it one more time. And I've, I've said this so many times to so many people. Alondra can attest to this. This is one of the things I've shared with many people over the years. You, if, you're not doing it if you're not you're not doing it if you're not, you're not doing it if you're not, some of y'all forgot this. Think Pat the only one getting it right. Let's read it. But be ye what? Verse 22. But be ye what? James 1, 22. But be ye what? Doers of the word and not what? Hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. So here's what y'all do. You come to church and just sit here. Don't do it, and then get mad at God because why ain't nothing working? But you're deceiving yourself that just sitting in here, barely participating, not doing what we're talking about, is going to somehow by osmosis work. Doctor, I'm having pain in my shoulder. 
Take three of these a day with every meal. Come back two weeks. How's the pain shoulder? Oh, it's getting worse. Oh my God, I can't even, oh, I can't even do that now. What happened to the pills I got? Oh, I got them right here. Sure do. I got them. So you got the pills and, and, and it's getting worse? Yeah. Did you take the pill? No, I didn't take them. Y'all, that's insanity, guys. Nothing works like that. The word of God doesn't work like that either, right? Are y'all with me today? I'm excited tonight. Can y'all, can y'all give me back a little bit what I'm giving you? Okay. You know, that's how it works. Well, if I came out and talked like y'all be looking, I'd be teaching like this. This baby, baby, Can y'all give me a little bit back? Can we have a reciprocal relationship tonight? All right. Let's go here, y'all. Oh, God. I love this. I'm picking up my mama tonight. So, mama, we're back to the power of imagination. Where were you? Do you remember this? Where were you when Martin Luther King died? Do you remember? When you found out? I was at school at a rehearsal. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. Because he died when? He died 68. in 68. Was it 68? It was 68? 68 or 69. 68. So you remember back uh, 50, that'll be 55 years ago. And you remember where you were. You remember where you were when 911, you heard about the... Because you was actually in New York. Where were you? I was in Lafayette High School in the basement, social studies, and my teacher was Mr. Mann. How come? How come they remember that? How come they remember that? I want you to think about it. Years ago, exactly where they were. He, he told us which class he was in. He told us what the name of the teacher was. The reason you remember those things, whatever event it was for you, is because you tied a picture to an emotion. What are we talking about? Imagination, right? So we talked about pictures. We talked about having a picture. We talked about um, we think in pictures, right? So if I said uh, bacon double cheeseburger, Nikki, do you see the words bacon double cheeseburger or do you see the cheese? Yeah. If I say big ferocious dog, what do you see? What color is he? Brown. She said he's brown. It's a big ferocious dog. If I say, look cute dog, what you see, Jim? She sees a Yorkie. Look cute Yorkies. Okay. 
you, 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 words create pictures, right? Now, if you take an emotion and put it with the picture, okay, that creates a memory. And Martin Luther King dying, 911, that created strong emotions. So it seared the memory. Somebody say amen. amen. So your imagination, that's the only way. How did they recall? Could you see where you was when you was talking to me? Could you see the, pit, the, the, the teacher? Could you see where you was at rehearsal? You can see it because you have to use your imagination. Everybody say the power of imagination. That's what we've been talking about. Now we're going to talk about the power of imagination. We've been talking about the positive power of imagination. But tonight, we're going to talk about the power that your imagination has in keeping you from something or driving you to do something that you shouldn't do. Because it is our mind, y'all. The, the battlefield is in the mind. How many of y'all know that? The battlefield is in the mind. It really is. Listen to this. And God saw the wickedness of man. This is Genesis 6 and 5. That it was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So this is what the internet and social media is trying to do. Dangerous place for a young boy, a young man, uh, you know, because they're, they're trying to keep perverted images up in front of us, showing us over and over and over so that the thoughts and the imaginations, you know, some guy hooked on porn, his thoughts and imaginations are wicked continually. But the imagination is the picture but then also with the strong emotion attached to it. I want you to think about it. If you ever had a lust problem, some kind, type of addiction, and I know most of the time we think when we say lust, we're talking about um, sexual things, but you know, you can lust after food. Nobody ever lusted after food, right? You can lust after money, get a brand new credit card with $5,000 limit, and all you see is stores, the Galleria, purses and shoes, and come on, video games or whatever that you're into. But the lust is brought on by the image, the picture that you get, right? Attached to the emotion. Yes? Amen. You know, being on this diet and stuff, I found out um, I had a food addiction. I found out that food had become my God in a, in a way, because when all you eating is raw vegetables, y'all, I'm telling you, you got to find something else to look forward to in life. <laughs> I'm just like, I did not know how much 
I'll look forward to food. Then you take it away, and it's like, but Dad, what am I getting up for this morning? You know, it's, it's no reason to live. You can't, can't have any food. But what do we do? We attach an emotion to the picture. Now, it's something about women, black African American women, not obese, but, you know, what, what y'all say? Thick. Y'all say thick. Look thick. You know, and they always have girls' night out on Friday nights. We see this because we date. I be like, boy, that's a lot of lonely black women just, they be dressing up, looking all nice for nobody but each other. And they sit around the table, and boy, when that shrimp come out, you can see the lust in their eyes. <laughs> and that shrimp from Papa Do's come out. You ever seen this, Gina? Yeah, they be sitting who they be, ooh. Because they have a picture, and you can see it when they're ordering. What would you like to have? Uh, I like the three pieces of catfish fried hard <laughs> with shrimps and add a side of gumbo with extra cheese. You can see. So they tie, they tie in a picture to a feeling. And if you experience that, y'all, you're addicted to food. Go on a fast and see. Somebody say amen. So my job, you know, they had Thanksgiving dinner today, you know. You know, I was able to eat more grass, yes. <laughs> Lust and addiction are driven by the imagination. So y'all, if, if the imagination with a picture and a strong emotion is that strong to remind her of where she was 55 years ago, where he was over 20-something years ago, right? What about if we do it intentionally? That happens accidentally. What about if we take a picture, imagine? What if we dream? What if we tie an emotion to it every time that we think about it? What if we speak it out and say it and confess it every day? Tie to that picture and that emotion. I wonder what it will produce. Well, we know what it will produce because God said over in the book of Genesis chapter 10. Can we go back over there? We've been there before. Let's go to Genesis chapter 10. What did God say about it? He said that they had an imagination. Genesis 11 and 6, and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. Now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. It's a picture. It's an emotion. Y'all still follow me? 
So one of the things that I'm putting forth tonight is if you have the wrong imaginations, it can hurt you. If you cannot see yourself beyond where you are, it can stop you. So we're going to do an exercise tonight before we leave. But I want, you to, I want you to think about it. Number one, let's talk about sickness. I was talking to Diamond about this earlier this week. So if you're at work and a coworker comes in <laughs> and they are like this, <laughs> what's up, man? Excuse me, man. Oh, boy, I've been oh, all week. Whew. All weekend, man, I've been throwing up, man. I've been, man, I just, I just don't even know. I'm making the day, man. I, just, I had a fever right before I came to work, but it did break because I took some medicine. <laughs> Zaina, what are you imagining now? What are you imagining now? Whatever germs he had, he just put them Okay, see, we got, we got a revelation of germs in here. That was an uh, a old Burning Man. It was so funny. The little girl, they, it was a birthday party, and they kept showing the germs, how the germs were spreading, the green stuff. And see, we see the green stuff because we done seen all these flu commercials. Yes. Is that true? Yes, sir. So what's your imagination now? Hey, bro, why you come to work? You ever heard somebody say that? Some of y'all say that. Why you come to work sick? You say that because you're concerned about them, right? No. 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 Why do you say that? I'm concerned about me. Why you come to work and go make me sick? Yes? Yes. yes. You spirit-filled, word of faith, Holy Ghost-filled, fire-baptized person who believes in divine healing. And I'm going to tell you, the reason why you get sick every time is because you see germs, you see germs coming on you, you see he having a fever, you see you having a fever, you see you in the bed. You ever see that? That's called the power of your imagination. Hello? That's called the power of imagination. But what if you imagine this? Why he's saying all of that? You see yourself as the heel. Well, you say, brother, that's all right. Just come on over here. Let me lay hands on you. Amen. I can't hear nobody up in here. Amen. See, it, it's, it's all how you see yourself. It's all the image. Do y'all got it? It's all the image. Do you got it? It's all your imagination. Because it's all in your imagination. What Smokey uh, Robinson said? Just my what? Imagination. Doing what? Run, no, run, what does it say? Running away with. You see, your imagination can run away 
And you start thinking all this stuff. And then you start contact tracing. We've been doing that for years. <laughs> yeah. But see, I got it from the boss lady because she had it last week. And now, oh, snap. That brother just put his hand on me. So now I'm finna get it. See, I don't see myself like that. I see myself as the hill because I think that God got more power than the devil. I can't hear nobody. I think God got more power than the devil. And so since he was wounded for my transgression, since he was bruised for my iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, I am the... That's why the Bible says those that believe, right? Right? These are the signs that are falling they believe. They should lay hands on the sick. They should not be the sick. Because they, come on somebody, because they imagine that when they come in contact with sickness, they're going to lay hands on the sick, and they're they going to be healed. They're going to recover. Is that how you see yourself? Because if you don't, every time it's the flu season, every time it's a new strand of COVID, Every time something's going around at the job, every time somebody, oh, six people had the stomach virus, you're going to see yourself. Why you come to work with it? I was at work a few days ago. Uh, um, no, about, it was two weeks ago. Man, don't get close to me. I'm sick. I said, you can get close to me because I'm healed. See, you know, the Bible says greater is he that's. So if you don't see that the greater one is in you, if you feel like the one in you is lesser than, come on, somebody. Your imagination. And the Bible says their imagination was what? Wicked. That's a wicked imagination. To think that the devil got more power power than God. Boy, I wish I had somebody with some energy. I got a whole lot tonight. I wish I had somebody get excited about the fact that it's flu season, but you ain't got to worry about the flu because God is greater than the devil, so all you got to do is start seeing yourself as the healed. Because I figure, Nelly, if sickness... It's contagious. And that comes from the devil. Then health got to be contagious. Now I know some of y'all believe in washing hands. My wife believes, ooh. But you know, I don't see Jesus after he laid his hands on the lepers trying to find someone. Let me eat with Peter. Because he had healing on the inside of him. You know leprosy was highly contagious. But that was Jesus. You know, there was a man named John G. Lake. <laughs> I love telling this story. The blue bonnet plague had killed so many people in Europe and Africa. I mean, it was wiping out. It was a plague, you know. Uh, COVID-19 was a plague that wiped out many people in the world. But the blue bonnet plague was wiping everybody out. And John G. Lake, an apostle, he was a faith man. He believed in faith, the word of faith, like we preach it. He believed in divine healing. He went over and so the, the medical people, whenever they went over to deal with the patients, they had to put on all of this um, stuff. What did they call it uh, during COVID? Huh? 
No, they call it PP, protective wear, right? So, so, so you had to put on all this protective stuff. Somebody say amen. Okay. So, a lot of them was dying. Dying out. And uh, John G. Lake was ministering to the people. And he said, man, you better put something on. Are you going to get the blue button and play and die? He said, I'm not going to die. So one of the men had just died of the plague. And he was foaming at the mouth and stuff. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, I got the power of God on me, the healing power. He said, I'll tell you what. Take a little bit of that froth, that stuff he just threw up before he died. He said, put it in my hand and put it under the microscope. And they put it in his hand and all the germs died instantly. They did it again. All the germs died instantly. You know why? Because he used his imagination to imagine that the word of God was true and that greater was in him than he that was in the world. Y'all, it works. Somebody say amen. But a lot of time people come to church, they want somebody to pray for them, for their situation. We pray for a lot of people. They want people to bless them, anointing with all we have. But if you don't change your imagination of yourself, and I'm going to tell you, when you really get in faith, you start having dreams in the state where you prayed to be. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So if you're limping all the time, like you didn't limp for three years, but if you get in faith, you start having dreams that you're walking straight. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Because you've changed your imagination on the inside. Hmm. Listen to Psalms 81 and 12. This is God. He says, so I gave them up to their own hearts, their lust, imagination. And they walked in their own counsels. See, many of you walk in your own counsels. You stew in your own gravy. The word of God is trying to get in, but you're ruminating so fast. Women, all the women look at me. The words are coming so fast in your brain that it drowns out the word of God. You got all these questions. Nessa, she always got a lot of questions. But how can it, how can it, how can it, no, the Bible says, what does the Bible say? Start seeing yourself like that. And, and so many of y'all, so many of y'all in here will not advance because you walk in your own counsel. You take your own stupid advice. When you say, I'll pray about it, Curtis, what do they mean? I'm going to think about it, and whatever I can come up with in my peanut brain, that's what we're going to do. Well, man, if I was you, Michelle, I wouldn't take no title on. I'm going to pray about it. What does that mean? 
I'm going to try to see if there's any other thing, any other way, if anybody else can give me some money. And if they can't, what's she going to do? She don't get the title on Because you're in your own counsel. Instead of sitting there, believe, let me believe God. Let me see the bill paid. Let me see somebody bringing me some money. Let me see, come on somebody, money coming in from somewhere. Change the image on the inside. And that's what holds us back, y'all. That's why people get sick. Because they see it. And even, y'all, if you go to a doctor and they give you a diagnosis, what does that do? It creates a picture. You start seeing your funeral. You start seeing yourself laid out in the hospital with tubes. And they will tell you stuff like that, doctors. If you don't do this, if you don't take this medicine, if you don't have this surgery, if you don't have this procedure, they begin to paint the picture and draw the picture. You better start saying, I reject that. Come on, somebody. I reject those words. I reject that picture. My baby's going to come full term. My baby's not going to die. Somebody say amen. Well, you only have 3% to live if you don't do the procedure. Well, I'm going to be the 3%. Yeah. Somebody say amen. Yeah. You got to see yourself, though. Yeah. And stop walking in your own counsel, y'all. Some of y'all don't listen to nobody. Won't listen to nobody. Nobody can't get nothing in. You can't, can't nobody get nothing out. It's just, I, you, you come to church, I preach, preach, and I'm blowing the face. None of my words are getting in. The word of God not getting in. Folks come up here and testify every week. Their words not getting in because you're stewing in your own counsel. You need to give up on your, you need to fire your lawyers. You need to fire your counsel. Get some new counsel. Somebody say amen. Get the Holy Ghost. Get Jesus. He's a wonderful counselor. Stop listening to your own words. Because a lot of times they're not your own words. Whose words are they? The devil. You ever heard somebody say, Aaliyah, pick on you. You ever heard somebody say, God will never give up on you? That's stupid. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Look at this. Does God give up on people? He'll turn you over to a reprobate mind. He'll turn you over to your own heart's lust and imagination when you refuse to listen. We got to work with our imagination. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at Proverbs 6, 6 and 18. A heart that divides of wicked imaginations. This, called, this is what God hates. This is one of the seven things he hates. A, 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 a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Wicked imaginations. We talked to you about how Hollywood, their aim was to unlock your most debased, deepest desires. So that now you can start imagining. I never would have thought I would run into black people, women, 
I'm having a problem with s and I'm having a problem with changing whips. And wait, where, did you, where did that come from? Well, we know where it came from. Fifty Shades of... So you got to be careful what you're reading, what you're exposing yourself to, what you're watching. You remember that clip I showed? And, and the guy that was saying, he was saying to the prostitute, Jane Fonda was playing the prostitute, he said, you got, he was saying the prostitutes prey on the weaknesses of men. He said, I would have never known that I had this kind of perversion on the inside of me, except you drew it out. That's what Hollywood wants to do. That's what Hollywood wants to do. <sighs> now they got a whole generation, these Cardi B's and, and got a whole generation of girls putting their mouth where it do not go, where it don't smell good or taste good. But they got music talking about that. Hearts that devise wickedness. Everybody say, I got to control my imagination. Look at Isaiah 65 and 2. I spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people which walketh in a way that is not good. After their own thoughts. You got to come out of your own thoughts. So some of y'all like to isolate. What do you do when you isolate? You don't think about nothing, do you? Sure you do. I just don't want to be around nobody. Oh my God. Oh my God. You, you make me nauseous. You're a Christian. I just don't want to be there. I just don't stay in the bed. I just don't, I don't have nobody. I just so God, God ain't helping me. He's not going to help you. He's not going to help you. As long as you're doing that. He has already helped you because he gave you the word. He's already helped you because he told you how faith works. Whosoever should say unto the mountain, be thou removed and cast it. He's already helped you. But the devil wants to isolate you. He wants to get you away from people. That's going to speak life into you. He wants to get you away from people. That's going to give you a spiritual slap until you get up off your... Come on, somebody. But you want to sit up and feel sorry for yourself and then get mad when everybody else ain't joining in. I'm not coming to your pity party. And God ain't coming either. And the Holy Ghost ain't coming either. And Jesus ain't coming either. But you can stay with your own thoughts if you want to. How's that been working for you? You got to break up with your one. You got to break up with your brain. Hmm. Look at Jeremiah 9, 14. But they have walked after their imagination of their own heart, after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. Look at 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. It says... 
Let's go to, well, let's go to 10 and 4 first. Sorry, guy. Sorry up there. I didn't put that up there. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. I like to start there. Anybody know this scripture? You ever read this scripture? <laughs> it's a good one. This is what it says. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God through the pulling down strongholds. Look at verse 5. Doing what? Casting down imaginations. There are certain imaginations you need to cast down. All imagination is not good. We're talking about the power of imagination. The power, good, and bad. Sister Mom, what if, what if uh, one night Sister Nika told you, I'm going to the store, get something, Walgreens, I'll be right back. She left at 5 o'clock in the evening. 6 o'clock, she's not back. 7 o'clock, she's not back. 8 o'clock, she's not back. 9 o'clock, she's not back. 10 o'clock, she's not back. 11 o'clock. She's not back. What are you thinking? You call her on the phone, you can't get her. Can't get her. Go straight to voicemail. What are you thinking now? And why are you praying? Because, because, she might be unsafe. We start seeing pictures of unsafe. And here comes Satan. Then you start seeing that picture. When you saw her leave, she said, I'll be right back. You said, okay. And then Satan said, that was the last time he was going to see her. Anybody ever had? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Your imagination can run away with you. That happened not long ago. Mama, we couldn't get her, so we didn't know where she was. Her phone died. She just decided to stop at her mama's house. And was over there for five hours. Nobody know where she was. But them thought, but you know what I did? You know what I did since Ramona? I cast down the imagination and I start saying, no, my wife is all right. Amen. My wife got angels. Psalm 91 governs my house. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Five minutes later, my daughter reached her. I said, girl, call, call your mom. Call your, call your grandma. See if she over there. But see, if you don't get control of your imagination, do you understand what I'm saying? And I can't tell you how many times probably somebody was okay, but somebody in authority had the wrong imagination, started believing it. And before they could get home safe, something did happen. 
And then they say, I knew something happened. Nothing had happened yet. It wasn't a premonition. It was because of their faith. It was because of what they spoke. It was because of what they imagined. Love believes the best of every person. Love believes the best of God. God ain't going to let that happen to my wife. Love believes, come on somebody. Hmm. Is this good tonight? Hmm. Listen to the definition of imagination and I'm done. The act or power of forming a mental image of something not present. Not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. So it's not present. Now, your imagination can be used for good. We've been talking about that. But it can also be used for bad. And I'm going to tell you, oh God, do you know this, there's a spirit of poverty and then there's a poverty mentality? Now, before God started bringing me and my wife up, you know, and, and you know, God is still doing a lot of work in us. But before we started having noticeable, tangible, what people would say, a wealthier lifestyle, he had to change our image. And I want to be more specific. He had to change my image. Because my wife, I don't know how she maintained it all over the, the years, because we was poor and I wasn't doing nothing with the money. But she always had this image of dignity and, like, nah, you know, I'm supposed to have something. She was never putting pressure on me to get nothing. But it's just like, no, we're going to live better than this one day. But he had to change the image on the inside of me. And some of y'all can't see yourself changed. But that's what your imagination is for. How many of y'all been dreaming? We talk. Take some time. And just dream. That won't cost you nothing. Just dream. Whatever you want. Somebody say amen. amen. Because an imagination is the power of forming a mental image of something not present. Right? Now listen. Romans 8.24-25 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then we do, then do we with patience wait for it. So, this is what he's saying. I'm going to tie it together. So then, a positive imagination is really hope. So why do people commit suicide? They cannot imagine it ever getting better. They can't see it getting better. Right? So hope and imagination is the same. For now faith is the substance of things what? For now faith is the substance of things that we imagine. That God puts substance to the things that we imagine. 
But if you can't imagine it, you can't have it. If you can't get an image in your mind of it, you can never attain it. Listen to this. And I'm done. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For we're saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. The act, imagination is the power of forming a mental image of something that is not present. So hope is the beginning of faith. It's not faith, but it's the beginning of faith. Because to have faith that works, you got to have hope. You got to be able to see yourself somewhere. Everybody close your eyes. We told you we're going to do this exercise. Now, just be honest. Can you see somebody walking up giving you $50 tomorrow? Let me see your hand. They can see that. Who said, I cannot see that? I can't even see $50. Somebody give me $50. Let me see him. I can't see it. Okay. Who can say, I can see myself getting a $500 check before the end of the year? I can see that. I can see it. Who said, I cannot see myself? Okay. Before the end of the year, I can see myself getting a $5,000 check. Unexpected. Be honest. Keep your hands up. I can see $50,000. If I really can't, put, put your hand down. I can't see $50,000. I can see $500,000. I can see a million before the end of this year. Somebody giving me a million dollars. Now, now I, I, want you, I want you to open your eyes. Now, some of y'all, it was a choking point, yes? That's where your faith is. And some of y'all are lying because if you can see yourself getting a million, why haven't somebody gave you 50,000 yet? It's like saying, can you bench press uh, 300 pounds? Yes. And you, you can't even live for 135. This is how faith works. Now, I'm going to tell you one more time. Everything that I've gotten this year, I could see it. There was things I almost choked on, but I expanded my faith, how do you do that? Are you ready to write this down? Okay, number one, get a physical picture. Get a physical picture. Magazine, whatever. Get a physical picture. Because now I'm not trying to see it. See, if you got a check on the back of your refrigerator, let's say $3 million, you ain't got to try to see it. 
you actually seeing it. You wrote it out and put it on your, on your mirror. You're seeing it every day. That's going to build capacity in you to be able to see it. Because now I'm physically seeing it. So my physical eyes is seeing something. I mean, the check, you can't cash it, of course. But it's seeing something that represents something that I want. And so now it's translating into my mind's eye, my heart, right? So now there's a hope that springs up somewhere in my, spirit, in my heart, in my soul. And I can begin to see it. Y'all have had people give us randomly $1,000. I've had people give us $5,000. And every time somebody gave us a denomination, like Ken Hagen, I said, somebody's going to give us $10,000. Then that happened. I said, somebody's going to give us $20,000. And that happened. I said, next somebody's going to give us 50000 Do y'all know that happened? Amen. Some of y'all was here when it happened. Yep. Then I say, next somebody's going to give us 100000 Do y'all know somebody did? Yes, this year. Amen. Watch this. But if I couldn't have saw... 20,000? So baby girl, can you, can you listen to me? You. So God gonna bless you and your husband, but he gonna do it incrementally. You gotta be able to see the 20,000 before you get to 100,000. You get this? So don't, don't frustrate. You know the Bible talk about frustrating the grace of God. See, some of us talking about, I can believe for a billion. Some of y'all, yeah, I say, can you believe for a billion? Yeah. And you ain't got, you ain't got $500 in the bank. You're lying to yourself. That's a fantasy. You got to build that in. Number two. So number one was get the picture. Number two, start saying it in the affirmative. I already got it. Start saying it. And then number three, tie an emotion to it. How did my mama remember where she was when MLK died? How did Pat remember where he was when the, when the planes hit the, hit, uh, the world, the world, what's it called? The World Trade Center, Twin Towers. How do he know? Because he tied an emotion to a picture that creates a memory, that creates an image in your imagination. So the other thing you do is you, draw, you, you, you get the picture. Number two, you speak the picture. And number three, tie an emotion to it. So when God first taught me about faith, and he told me, I said, God, I need $1,000. You prove this. You know, if, if you prove this, I preach it all over the world, which I've been preaching it. That some of y'all have gotten the benefit of that. And so he said, well, what would you do if you had $1,000? <laughs> what would you do if your church was paid off? <laughs> yeah? Because words create pictures anyway, right? So what do you do if you get the $1,000 that you need so your car don't get repo, Pastor Randy? If I had thumbs up right now, yeah, this is the Lord talking. I'd be going crazy, show. He said, do it. 
We've given many of y'all opportunity to do that in here in different services. Here's some of y'all go. This is Jasmine. Uh, uh. Is that what you're going to do when you get it? Come on now. Come on, Jasmine. A man that looked like Denzel Washington. Come on, somebody. Can sing like Luther Vandross and can cook like Bobby Flay. He come in the church. He said, I've been looking at you on YouTube at this church for two years, and I want to make you mine, baby. What you going to do? She said, I'm going to dance and shout. Why don't you dance and shout now? See, that's the problem, y'all. The song went, don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Y'all, that's for real. That's faith. Get the picture. Speak the picture and add emotions. Tie an emotion to it. Y'all, you won't lose. And you'll get everything. And like even these gay dudes, then you'll start manifesting. I manifested that, sister. I can't believe it. Homosexual, gay, bisexual, dude. and they doing it. What they got, but they got not as powerful as I got. Somebody say amen. Yeah. So y'all, did I teach you how to do it? Everything that happened to us this year, I saw it first. Everything's ever happened good in my life, I saw it first. This beautiful woman over here, 32 years, I saw her before I saw her. I saw it before I even met her. You got to learn to do this because where you are can't hold you if you can see beyond it. Every head bowed, every eye closed.